everyone, this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. So as we get rolling here today, I have a question for you that it may come immediately or you may want to think about it, but I'm sure we all have these people in our life. The question is this, um, think of a person or people that have had an impact or an influence on your life in a positive way. Kind of have someone, hopefully you do, just hold on for a moment, we're going to come back to that near the end of the message. Uh, some of you might be sitting there looking at me like, whoa, wait a second here. Um, I've been watching you for a number of weeks or months or even the past year, and I have never seen you in a shirt and tie before. Like, what is the deal? Where's the t-shirt? Where's the hoodie? Where's the casual look? Okay, here's the deal. Um, today is Mother's Day. Uh, likely, if you're watching this on Sunday, and for all of us, we honor our moms in different ways, right? You have breakfast, brunch, flowers, all nine yards. My mom a number of years ago was like, Joel, um, the one thing I really want for Mother's Day is for you to be in a shirt and tie. And so, hence the shirt and tie. Every Mother's Day, this is the tradition. Sometimes a suit, sometimes a shirt and tie. And as great as a son as I am, I do it both online and in person. And so, Mom, happy Mother's Day. It actually ties in well because one of the people who's had an impact and an influence positively on my life is my mom. And so, it's a great way to um, honor here uh, today. And so... If you're just joining us, um, we've been working through a series called Inspired, and it's a series that really looks at how does our faith inspire us in our actions, understanding that that faith is not just simply what we believe, but ultimately, how does it begin to shape our behavior? And so this message and this entire series, I believe, is for everyone, regardless of where you land on the spectrum of faith. Um, If you're someone who believes, someone who's a follower of Jesus, hopefully it's a reminder that when it comes to our faith, And following Jesus, it should inspire us to step out in perhaps directions that we may not would have gone on our own. For for others, um, for perhaps we're just kind of questioning or curious about who is Jesus and and what, what difference does it make. Hopefully this is a series to show you that it's not just simply what we believe, but rather it's a life that we live. And so give you more of a look behind the scenes in terms of how do we live out our faith in real practical ways. And so today I, I want to look at this idea of how does our faith inspire us in such a way that our lives can have an impact upon others. Um, in person today, um, we're actually celebrating baptism. Cameron O'Neill, his picture's going up right now, just a great little guy. Um, The proud parents, uh, Alana and Jamie, are going to be standing in front of the church, and they're going to be having Cameron baptized. And and baptism for children is a chance where parents come forward, and they say, they make commitments to say, they're going to raise their child in the ways of Jesus, so that he will come to a place one day of, of wanting to follow him as well. And so the thing about Mother's Day as I think about baptizing our kids, as I think about just in the midst of all of life, what does it look like to have a faith that is inspiring to others, that that actually impacts others, that they notice a difference in how you live, and as a result, makes them curious, or at least draws them closer to Jesus? That's that's where I want to go here uh, today. 
And so we're going to turn to a passage in the Bible, um, the New Testament, written by the Apostle Paul. Now, the Apostle Paul is one of the great leaders of the early church. He was actually one of the first great persecutors of Christians, but then in a dramatic transformation, committed his life to Jesus and became a church planter, became a leader. He was actually the one who's inspired by God to write most of what we have in the New Testament. And, and part of his writings are letters that he sends to churches, larger groups of people, or specifically to individuals. And today, I want to jump into one particular personal letter that he writes to a guy by the name of Timothy. Timothy was his protege. Timothy was his up-and-coming leader within the early church. And Paul is writing this letter to him at a rather difficult time in his life. Paul has been imprisoned, and he's not overly optimistic that he's ever going to be released. He's nearing the end of his life. He's not doing well physically. And he comes to the conclusion that, that he's likely going to die in prison. And so he wants to write a word of encouragement to Timothy as he really takes on this mantle of leadership. But at the very beginning of this letter, he starts with some very personal remarks. Uh, a part of the letter that you can easily skip through and be like, okay, get me to the bulk of it. Get me to the meat. What is Paul teaching? But if you truly want to understand the person of Timothy and how he became a person of great faith, it's found in the very first few lines that are not only important for us to understand who Timothy is, but also help us understand how do we have a faith that can be inspiring to others. And so let's, let's jump in, let's, let's understand the context and then look at what does this look like for you and for me as well. So we're going to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. And this is what Paul says to Timothy. He says, Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. And I'll be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that was first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. There's a lot in there here, but, but the one thing I want to look at is, is how Paul identifies this genuine faith-filled life that's in Timothy, that, that, that is inspiring to him, but, but he backs it up and he talks about how it was first alive in his grandmother and then his mother. What we see in this life of Timothy is this amazing handing down of a faith in God. As I think of baptism, as I think of what, what we celebrate in baptism, that, that's ultimately what we're wanting, are these very words to become true in our lives as well. That the same faith that lives in us as parents will be handed on to the next generation. And I believe this is, this is vital for us, regardless of, of whether you're parents or not, regardless of whether your kids are young or, or old, is that how do we hand on our faith? How do we, how do we live in such a way that, that our faith inspires others to want to follow Jesus as well? Looking at the very words of what, of what Paul talks about to Timothy, I, I, I boil it down to one simple phrase. How do we live and have a genuine faith-filled life. Bit, bit of a mouthful, I get it. But, but what does a faith-filled life 
looks like? What, what does a life lived out in a way that is an inspiration to others begin to look like? I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm kind of a visual learner. And so I was thinking this week of just how would I explain a faith-filled life? And, and so I'm going to attempt as best I can that using a jar and a bunch of rocks. And so imagine, imagine this jar represents the entirety of your life. I know, oh, I know, overly inspiring, right? I've reduced your life to a mason jar. But, but this is your life, that, that everything you do, everything that you are, everything that is important to you or you must do has to fit in this jar. And then these rocks are the various elements of your life, the, the things that are important to you or at very least the, the things that you know you have to do. And so this is your life and this is your capacity and these are the things, these are the rocks that, that are important to you. And so you have the rock of I don't know, let's say like work or school or vocation. This, this is a part of life. And so this goes in the jar. Then, then you have the rock of like family. Family is a part of your life, good or bad or indifferent. It's, it's a part of your life. Then you have things like finances, right? Um, just the reality of how do we live life. Like, like finances, money, stuff is a part of life. Uh, then you have relationships, like outside of your family. You have you have friends. You have you have colleagues. You 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 have neighbors. You know you you have other people in your life. Uh, then you th- then you have things like hobbies, uh, things you enjoy doing, whether it's music or sports or or cars or I, I, I don't know what whatever it might be. But that is a part of life. And then and for some of you, you might even think of well, like I'm I'm a part of a church, and so church is kind of a part of my life. And so I, I, I throw that in. And then there's things like, I don't know, like social media, right? That, that's a part of your life. Maybe it's too much of your life. And you're like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. The, the very fact that you're watching this online, you can't dispute the fact that social media is a part of your life. And so that, that goes in there as well. Then there's things like, like volunteering or the ways that you serve. You, you get like, you have different elements of your life, different rocks in your life that you put it in. And so there might be things that I'm missing, but you get the point. This is your life. These are the things that begin to fill your life. And so maybe when you think of the phrase, like a faith-filled life, does it mean that your jar needs to be filled with more and more things that are related to God? Like, I don't know, maybe you got to put more rocks in there, like in terms of prayer, like that, that's a faith-filled life, so throw that in there. Or like serving, that, that's an element of faith, and so throw that in. Or, or being a part of a small group, like throw that in. Or, or you know, reading your Bible, you know, throw that in. Um, a, a, attending church, you know, regular, let's, let's throw those things in. And, and you start to get all these different rocks in there. But is that what we're talking about? When Paul talks about a faith that inspires, a genuine faith-filled life, is it just about getting more rocks of faith, more, 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 more aspects of church into your life than others? I mean, there's a couple problems when I look at this. Number one is your space is limited. Your, your life is limited. And so does it mean in order to have a faith-filled life, you have to remove some of the other rocks? Like, like maybe you have, to, you have to take out like social media. I mean, you can't have social media in your life. You're going to have a faith-filled life, right? Or maybe you need to take out some of your hobbies and, and do stuff like that. Like, like, what is it we're talking about? The bigger issue is if you notice this jar, not all the rocks are touching one another. Like, 
like some do, but not all do. And I think this is problematic at times. And that oftentimes this is how we may view life and faith and relationship with God is that we have like a God rock in there and that's good, but we kind of actually want the God rock not to touch any of the other rocks. And so we don't want faith to interfere with work or interfere with relationships or heaven forbid, interfere with, with social media. And so, so we do have a God rock in our life, but it doesn't touch all the other rocks like finances or friendships or community impact. Like, is that, is that what Paul is talking about? A faith-filled life is just fill your life up with as many rocks as possible? I, I don't think so. I think Paul is speaking of something entirely different. And it comes down to the word genuine. To have a genuine faith-filled life means that you live in a way that is going to inspire others. And I don't, I don't know about you, but, but inspiration, seeing someone who is a follower of Jesus, is not so much inspiring just because of how many church-related activities they do, or how often they read their Bible, or how much they pray, or whatever it might be. That's important, that's good, but it's not exactly inspiring. And so I think there is a different image. And the image I'm going to pull into is now I've got a jug of water. And so imagine this, this is your life. These are the rocks. These are the things that are part of your life. And this water represents your relationship with Jesus. The water actually represents your faith. And so, and so instead of pulling rocks out, you're actually pouring your faith into your life. And this, this becomes a faith-filled life. Two things I notice immediately. The first one is I didn't remove any of the rocks. To, to be a follower of Jesus, to have a faith-filled life, doesn't mean that suddenly you, you, you have to stop the job that you're doing and suddenly become a pastor or a youth pastor or work in a church. It, it doesn't mean that suddenly you have to get off social media. What it does mean is that everything in your life is covered, is immersed by your faith. You're not, you're not like segregating your faith where you have your God rock and your church rock, but then you have your family rock and your, and your finance rock and your work rock, and, and they don't really touch each other. But being a follower of Jesus... Living a life that is filled with faith means that everything you do is impacted, is immersed by your faith. It's, faith suddenly becomes not what we do, but rather it becomes who we are. Okay, back, back, back to the very first question I asked you. Think of someone who's had an impact or an influence upon you. I can bet, I can bet that the person you're thinking of or the people you're thinking of have likely had an impact upon you, not simply because of what they did or what they taught, but more because of who they were, how they ultimately lived. When I think of Timothy, when I think of the words that, that Paul was speaking of, of a genuine faith-filled life, that, that they modeled for Timothy what it meant to truly live 
for him. What it, what, 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 what it meant to truly live a faith-filled life where faith immerses and touches everything that they did. It's this recognition that, that faith is not just simply something that is taught, but something that ultimately is caught. And so does it mean that we never mess up? Does, does it mean to have a faith-filled life that, that suddenly we, we, we don't make mistakes? No, absolutely not. Confession is actually one of the things that makes our faith genuine. I'm, I'm always hesitant when I talk about parenting or we talk about having an impact upon others because I know that as I speak on a Sunday, whether in front of a camera or live, that my kids and my family are going to see it. And they know better than anyone whether or not the words that I say is actually lived out all the other days of the week. But my hope, my goal, is that I live a life that will model for them what it means to follow Jesus. In the good moments and the hard moments, when it comes to our finances, when it comes to places of frustration, when it comes to people that are difficult, when it comes to, to just how we live our lives in all things. The more you get familiar with the Bible, with the story of Jesus, you realize that he was constantly at odds with a certain group of people. They were the religious people. Why? Because they lived a life without the water. They, they had lots of religious activities, but not the relationship with God. They, they wanted to segregate and segment their life. And it wasn't inspiring. It actually was an incredible turnoff. You, you see, what impacts people, what influences people, is transformation. What, what can inspire our kids and the people around us to live a life for Jesus is seeing the impact and the difference that it makes in our life. And so what, is this, what does this begin to to look like? Like, how do we begin to live a genuinely faith-filled life? Does it, does it mean we start just like removing the rocks? Like, like seriously, what about things like prayer? What about Bible study? What about going to church? What, like, what, what do we do with those things? Recognize them as a means to an end. We don't, we don't read our Bible just so we can simply say, oh, I dropped another rock in my life. I've got a faith-filled life. We don't just pray to say, oh, I've, I've done the prayer part. No, no. We use them as a means so that we will live a genuine, faith-filled life. What, what do I mean by that? For example, when you read the Bible, let's not just simply read it for information, but rather to read it to seek transformation. How, how do the words that we read begin to impact how we live, how we treat others, how we actually interact with other people? When it comes to prayer, it doesn't, it's not just simply about us asking things of God or, or of us just saying, I've, I've checked the box, I'm good, I can go on the rest of life. One thing I've recently gotten back to is the start of my day. I just think of my day. I think of the meetings and the decisions and just the interactions I'm going to have. And my prayer is simple. Just, just, just God, may I live out my, way, my life in a way that's honoring to you. How, how do I live out my faith in, in a way that is, is real, that is authentic? Or I think of confession. I think one of the ways that genuinely shows a faith-filled life is the act of confession. Of, of, of not trying to make excuses, but, but just own our mistakes. 
acknowledge it because it's actually in our mistakes that we display humility. We also display the need for grace and forgiveness. And I don't know things that are more needed in my life and in this world than grace and forgiveness. And so what about you? What about you? What would, it, what would it look like for you just to take a moment to kind of look at your life and think, which direction am I pulling? Am, am I just simply trying to fill my life with the rocks of faith? Or am I allowing faith to pour over everything that I do so that my faith, my relationship with Jesus influences how I work, influences how I interact with my family, influences how I use my finances and and what I give and what I hold on, influences my, my response on social media, influences everything that we do you're a follower of Jesus what is the next step for you how can this week you begin forget about this week how does this day begin by you suddenly having the outlook of how does my faith how does my relationship with Jesus influence how I respond I guarantee you this it will not only have an impact upon you it'll begin to inspire others and hey if you're someone who is still exploring faith wondering about what does it mean to follow Jesus? I hope you recognize that I'm not looking to simply add a couple more rocks to your life, but rather to see how Jesus can impact everything that you do. Bring a greater sense of hope and meaning so that we truly live what Jesus refers to this abundant life. I'm inspired by people who make commitments to want to raise their children in the ways of Jesus because they want their children to see the impact of faith in their life, not just simply in what they teach, but in how they live. It's a lesson for all of us, isn't it? What if we too made this commitment to live in such a way that our faith, our relationship with Jesus washes over everything we do? Let me pray as we conclude. So Lord God, I'm grateful for this day. I'm grateful for the the example of Timothy and just the impact that his mom and his grandmother had upon him. But may we not read these words as ancient words thousands of years ago that have no meaning for us. May we see the lesson at work that we too would desire to live a genuine faith-filled life. Uh, a life that is not based upon just just trying to work harder and do better, but a life that recognizes how faith, how a relationship with you, Jesus, washes over everything. And so give us the grace today to live this truth out. For we ask it in your name, Jesus. Amen. And so now with the blessing and love of God, the Father Almighty, the grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the peace and the comfort of the Holy Spirit be with you today and in all of your tomorrows. Amen.
into our podcast today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 10.30 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, we have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get back, right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.